just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. From APP.com, it's time to talk college hoops in the Garden State. Welcome to Jersey Jump Shot. That's right, it's time for show number five of Jersey Jump Shot from the Asbury Park Press. Ryan Ross here with Jerry Carino, Steve Edelson, and because it's March Madness, we have a big show on tap. Joining us from NorthJersey.com is Chris Eisman. Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks a lot. I'm glad to be here. We have a lot to get through today, of course, with conference tournaments about to kick off. Uh, before we get into that, Jerry, let's talk about our new top 25, Seton Hall, moving down a little bit, and Rutgers close, but not in. Seton Hall falls eight spots from eight to 16, and that should set up a sense of urgency for them this week. Rutgers got four points, so they got a mention, which they deserve. So uh, that's where we're at. It kind of sets the table for these conference tournaments. And the rankings almost kind of take a back seat now that the conference tournaments are about to get underway. Of course, some of the mid-majors have already uh, punched their ticket. We have the Big East tournament starting Wednesday with the first round at Madison Square Garden. Seton Hall, the three seed in that tournament, they match up with Marquette in the quarterfinals. That will take place Thursday around 9.30. Uh, Seton Hall, the three. Marquette, the six. Uh, Jerry, I want to get your thoughts on this bracket, and we can go through it as well. My first glance, I don't love Seton Hall's position here, but you might have a different view. They got the best possible draw. I mean, I think they, for the first round, they got the ideal team to face. Marquette has lost six to seven games. Seton Hall's beaten them by double figures, tw- I mean, handily, twice. They've beaten them four straight times. It, it, it's, it's, as brutal as it was for them to fall from the one seed to the three seed, and it stinks to play at 930 at night, they got the team they match up the best with. So, to me, would you rather play St. John's, who's right. scaring the daylights at everybody right now? Right. Would you rather play Xavier, who is who matches up well with them and is desperate for an NCAA tournament berth you, for a win? You look at that bracket, there's no easy spot. It, I mean, it's brutal. It, it, up and down, where where would you want to be? I, mean, I think they got they, I think they got yeah. the best opponent. Like if Seton yeah. Hall can't if they can't step on a Marquette team that is an absolute absolutely really reeling right now, then you know what? They don't deserve to to hang a banner. They don't deserve to to win to, to be a Big East tournament champion. The only reason I didn't really love that is just because of the Marcus Howard X factor. You never know when a guy like that might go off. And like you said, too, the 9.30 start, that can kind of be tricky for a team because it says 9.30 on paper right now. We know they probably won't start to 10 by the time the game prior to them gets over and gets underway. Hopefully that's something they can manage, of course, an experienced team like this. Yeah, they've had had it a bunch of years in a row. I mean... With a 9.30 kill, it kills the fans. It kills the old people like me. And you know what else it kills? It, it hurts at the end of the tournament when you take a full day to recover from all this lost sleep. But that's not, that should not affect the outcome at all uh, on uh, Thursday. That's going to be – it's just going to be a matter of can Seton Hall just show up and do what they're capable of doing? If they do that, they should win this game. So if they do win this game, they advance, and they will get the winner of Villanova, and they will get the winner of DePaul and Xavier. I have Xavier penciled in in that part. Uh, I'm not sure about you guys. So. I'm going to give you my rundown right now, what I think is going to happen in this tournament, okay? St. John's over Georgetown on night one. Xavier over DePaul. Those are your night one play-in winners. And then 
I like Creighton to survive St. John's in a close game, in the 1-8 game, uh, 1-9 game. I like Providence over Butler in the other quarterfinal. Providence is the hottest team in the league. They've won six straight, including three over top 15 teams. Um, I like Villanova in a very close game over Xavier, which is desperate. That game could easily be Xavier win. I'm going to go with Villanova in a close one there. I like Seton Hall to beat Marquette like they like they have twice already. That gives you a, a tremendous semifinals. Creighton against Providence, and I'm taking Providence. Hottest team in the league. Uh, physical, tough. Creighton doesn't shoot as well away from home. I'm taking Providence in the semi. Villanova-Seton Hall, classic Big East matchup. I'm going to go with Villanova right now until Seton Hall can prove to me that they can defend the perimeter at this time of year, which you have to do against Villanova with all those shooters. And then I like Providence to win this tournament. It's trendy. But, look, if you watch Providence play, they're the most physical team. They rebound their rear end off, and they're hitting shots. They're peaking at the right time. I I absolutely think that that is a great call because – when you look at Providence, they are built, you know, for this tournament to to win a bunch of games in a short period of time, and I really think they are the X factor coming in here. And here's the other thing about Seton Hall's mindset right now. I was asking Kevin Willard about this earlier today. Um, they, you know, they they seem to be very down after losing at home and then losing at Creighton with two chances to wrap up the one seed and the outright Big East title. And Kevin Willard said. It, it and this is a quote from him. It pissed him off that Creighton celebrated in grand fashion, dropping confetti from the ceiling, unfurling a championship banner, parading around the court with the trophy. Kevin was very upset about that, and a lot of people thought he was wrong. Uh, it was a big issue. Uh, this the last twenty four hours in the Big East. He was wrong for bringing it up. You know, just win the game if you if you're that upset about it. You could have won the game and been the champion. What I'll say is, I think having watched Willard closely for ten years. I think he was doing something to motivate his team. Now, people would say, well, they need motivation. No, his team was despondent, despondent, feeling like failures, he said, despondent after the week they had. He's giving these guys a rallying point to focus on. I think he knows his team pretty well, and we'll see. I would guess that they play much better and with a little more pep in their step now that they have something to focus on. I think that was part of it. And in my bracket, at least, I have seen Hall and Creighton meeting in the finals, so it would be interesting to see that matchup if there's a little bit of bad blood left over from that game. There is no question that if that matchup happens, I don't think it will. If that rematch happens, there is no question it will be the number one thing motivating Seton Hall the way they felt like Creighton rubbed their nose in it on Saturday, that will definitely be a factor in the way that game is approached. And now if Seton Hall does trip up in the semifinals like you have them doing against Villanova, Jerry, how does that affect their NCAA tournament seeding? Are they Hardly at all. Hardly at all. The, the committee the last few years has completely ignored the conference tournaments. I do think it would help to beat Marquette to stay on the three line. They could drop to the four, but Marquette would be a quad one game. It's not going to matter. They're going to Albany. Villanova's going to Albany. I don't think this tournament has much effect on seeding at all. I think what it has an effect on is the team's mindset going into the postseason, and Seton Hall could use a little confidence boost at the moment. This all begins Wednesday, of course. Seton Hall tips off Thursday, 9.30 against Marquette, so we'll be keeping an eye on that. Ryan, one more thing about the Big East. I keep interrupting you. i got a lot to no, say. No, it's fine. Get it i got all a lot out. to say. This is my time of year. Get it all out. The major Big East awards are coming out on uh, Wednesday at 4.30. 
And some minor awards have been, not minor, other lesser awards, but still important, have been announced already. Seton Hall's Romero Gill winning both Most Improved Player and Best and Defensive Player of the Year. A rare double, and good for him. He definitely, the shoe fits for both for him. But as far as Player of the Year, Coach of the Year, uh, let me just say this. I think Miles Powell deserves to be Player of the Year. Is he the efficient Miles Powell? He was his junior? No. But I feel like the coaches should recognize all the pressure he's under and how he, he makes guys around him better, rebounding, passing the ball. So is he shooting well? He's not shooting well. But is he, is he winning? Is he a winning player? He's the cornerstone to what has been the league's best team for most of the season. I think the coaches should recognize that, and I think they probably will recognize that. So I would give Powell Player of the Year uh, despite his lower percentages. Coach of the Year, I think it's a no-brainer, is going to go to uh, McDerm- Greg McDermott of, of Creighton, pick seventh in the preseason, this, they, they, the top seed. That's who it's got to be. And probably some national awards and recognition also on the way for Miles Powell, too, by the end of the season. We'll talk All-American next week, but, yeah, if, you win, if you're the best player in the, one of the two best conferences, you're an All-American. So we'll be keeping an eye on that. The other big tournament taking place, of course, will be the Big Ten tournament. That also starts Wednesday with some playoff uh, play-in games. March 12th, it's a noon tip-off. Rutgers, the 8-seed. Michigan, the 9-seed. Before we get into that, Chris, I think we can finally answer the question. They're in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Rutgers took care of that, obviously beating Maryland at home and then going on the road and getting a much-needed victory over Purdue to all but you know stamp their their uh, birth the NCAA tournament those were two huge victories and you know you give them credit they had that rough heartbreaking loss to Penn State uh, where they had that terrible first half and, and made the comeback in the second half but just couldn't get it done and they did what they had to do and you give Rutgers and, and Steve Pike a lot of credit because they're in great shape going to Indianapolis and then uh, you know obviously going into selection Sunday and that was a tough it out win too at Purdue in overtime finally kind of exercising those road demons as we've seen. Is this another team? Is this another case where they're just peaking at the right time as they go into this tournament? Well, I, I think that there's certainly a good chance that that's happening. I mean, like I said, you, this year, time of year is all about momentum. And these last two wins, they give they gave them a lot of momentum. Uh, and I think they're feeling good about themselves. They're feeling confident, and they should. Here's what I'll say about the Big Ten, the way this has gone. <laughs> just when you think you figured it out, somebody steps on your face. <laughs> so, I mean, Michigan State had a losing streak this year. You know, Maryland had a losing streak. Everybody has been down at one point. So it does – it definitely should help Rutgers' mindset. But who – I mean, this league is so crazy. Who the heck knows from one week to the next who's going to be hot? They I do know one thing. Rutgers will play very hard, and they will be a very tough out in this tournament. And let's take a look at this bracket in the tournament. They match up with the team that's really been a thorn in their side, Michigan. Uh, I think I saw a tweet a while back, Michigan is to Rutgers basketball what West Virginia was to Rutgers football. They just haven't beaten them in a long time. So now they match up. Ever. So now they match up with them. Is this the time, Chris? How do you see this bracket playing out? Yeah, look, Michigan certainly has their number. There's no question about that. Um you know, Isaiah Livers is a difference maker for Michigan. He's a great shooter. Uh, and Xavier Simpson is one of the best point guards in the country. Uh, if those two guys get going, it's going to be a long day for Rutgers. This has to be – Rutgers has to play its brand of defense in order to win this game. There's no question about it. Uh, it's going to be another tough game. They're going to have to grind it out. But if they, those two guys get hot, it's going to be a long day. And obviously you got a center, a seven foot one center in John Teske for Michigan. He's going to test Rutgers guards. Miles Johnson is going to have his handful. 
So it's going to be, you know, it'll be a tough day for the Scarlet Knights, no question. I, I think Rutgers is fascinating right now because that Purdue win kind of clears their head. It get, it gets that monkey off their back. And now I think it's really interesting to see what they can do. You know, I mean, could they beat Michigan? Of course they could. Absolutely. You know, and and then you've got Wisconsin. I mean, you know, listen, I, I'm very curious to see what this team will do. I think that was, I think that Purdue win was so huge for them, just from a psychological point. From a draw perspective, only one thing matters in the Big Ten tournament draw. Can you avoid Michigan State? Because nobody has beaten Michigan State right now. Maybe in the country. Maybe in the country. And the answer is Rutgers is on the opposite side, which I think – and listen, it's, a, it's also a tough matchup for Rutgers. Michigan State does everything Rutgers does, rebound, toughness, handle the ball smart. They do everything, but they do it at a super high level. They have the best coach in college basketball. You don't, you don't want anything to do with Michigan State. Rutgers is on the other side. So I think it sets up for them to make a run. Let's call up this bracket here for a second. Let me look at the first. Let's let's go game by game through this, okay? Mm-hmm. Chris, you tell me what you think. Um, first of all, Northwestern to Minnesota. Come on, no one's no, Minnesota's winning that game. Yeah. Northwestern. Yeah. I mean, they've played hard, better lately, but come on, those, they're they're bad. Um, Indiana yeah. and Nebraska. Got to go, Indy. Nebraska stinks. They're, they're, they stink, they're and they're, they have no they have half the team suspended. Mm-hmm. Indiana. Okay, so the chalk prevails there. Michigan at Rutgers. I think it's Rutgers' turn. I think yeah. they're due. Yeah. I see a close game with Geo Baker and the ball in his hands late. Rutgers is due to win this game. I'm picking Rutgers. It will be a good game. It wouldn't surprise me either way. Um, Iowa against Minnesota. I'm going with Iowa. Minnesota's not very good. Uh, they are better than their record. Iowa's the best player in the country in Luke Garza. And then Purdue, Ohio State. Uh, you know, Purdue's, again, better than their record. Ohio State's playing very well. I like Ohio yeah. State there. Uh, and then Penn State and Indiana. Boy, Penn State has finished the season with a thud. Yeah. With a yep. thud. Yep. I'm going with Indiana in the upset yep. there. Give me an upset. Give me a double-digit seed. Getting Penn State out of there. Penn State hugely disappointing down the stretch here. Quarterfinals to start from the bottom up. Maryland against Indiana. I'm not huge on Maryland, but they got enough, I think, to win this game. I agree. Maryland's yeah. got a super soft draw here at the bottom yeah. of the bracket. I'm going with Maryland. Uh, Michigan State, no one's beaten Michigan State. They're beating Ohio State. Okay? They just did. They're going to do it again. Illinois-Iowa is a good matchup. Coin flip. I don't know, Chris. Thoughts on this? Uh, I like Iowa in that game. I like Illinois. I think it's a coin flip. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Rutgers-Wisconsin. Boy, is can Rutgers beat Wisconsin? I think they can. I think they absolutely, yeah, absolutely can. Am I going to pick them if you're putting a gun to my head? No, I am not. No. Because Wisconsin is shooting the ball red hot. And you're not scoring on Rutgers inside. The way to score on Rutgers, as Michigan has shown you twice, is to score from the outside. Not every team could do it. Wisconsin's hot. It's going to be close, and I can certainly see an upset. I'm going to go at Wisconsin. Wisconsin-Illinois. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to stick with the hot team, Wisconsin. Michigan State putting Maryland in their place, and then Michigan State's winning this tournament. I, unless Tom Izzo takes his foot off the gas to rest his guys for the big dance, Michigan State. I don't see Which Michigan seems State. Unlikely. It's, you never know. <laughs> you never know because it's right. a bigger prize. Right. Uh, but but I, I don't. And, and Izzo's more of a regular season guy. But and, you know, then, then the conference tournament being important. But I'm not betting against Michigan State. You'd be crazy to bet against Michigan yeah. State. I would agree with you. I think they got all it takes to win. And, and like you said, Tom Izzo is one of the best, if not the best, in the country. I find it hard to believe that they're not going to run the tournament. I, I think, like uh, like Steve said, that psychological win uh, at Purdue is what Rutgers needs to take down Michigan on a neutral floor to finally stop that losing streak. I think they do give Wisconsin a game. I was really tempted to, to push them into Saturday for the, uh, the semifinals there. Uh, I couldn't do it just on a neutral floor, but I think they certainly – 
have what it takes to win that game if they play their A game and maybe Wisconsin comes out a little bit could, flat. Could you imagine if Rutgers gets to the semifinals? <laughs> I mean, I tell yeah. you, that, that it, it, it really, for that program and for Steve Peichel, you know, if, if they could do that, you know, even even if they don't get by the, by the game, but... Uh, you know, yeah, and that's and this leads me to my next point, which is I voted last night for the media awards. You know, the media in the Big Ten selects an all all league team, and the coaches do too. And the Big East just the coaches. So there's two different rounds of awards for the Big Ten. It'll be announced by the time this podcast comes out. Uh, but uh, I I picked Pike as coach of the year. Now I think Greg Gard's pro- probably going to get it because Wisconsin was nowhere, and they, they rallied to win the, a share, you know, win the top seed and a share of the league. Nobody really expected that. I think the coach will give it to Greg Gard. I would give it to Steve Huckle. It's incredible what he's done. I mean, we're talking about Rutgers making a run in a Big Ten tournament. <laughs> think about it. So I give it to Peichel. And also, I think Geo Baker deserves recognition on an all-league team for the, the clutch shot-making he's had. And you've got to reward Rutgers. You've got to get him a player on, on second or third team, I think. And I hope Geo Baker gets that. He certainly deserves it. Yeah, we'll be absolutely looking forward to that. Uh, I agree with you there, uh, Jerry. Absolutely deserving of any postseason honors. Chris, too, you, you think so? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's he's been huge for them all season long, and, and they're going to need it again. So he's going to have to continue to prove it. And now for what might be the most wild of the tournament, maybe some chalk winning, maybe some chalk losing. Who knows? It's the MAC. Uh, we have Sienna as the number one seed. Uh, locally, Mammoth is the four seed. They will match up Thursday against Quinnipiac. Uh, St. Peter's the two seed. They have the winner of the seven ten game, so that's Iona and Canisius. And then we have Ryder, the winner of the. Uh, they will be taking on the winner of the six eleven game. That's Niagara and Marist. Steve, how do you see this all? Well, out? having seen Sienna play on Friday night, they are very good right now, and I, I would actually think they are the. They really are the favorite right now. They're big. They, they really have some good guards. They have a guy in uh, Jalen Pickett who's going to be the player of the year. Um, so I, I think they will win it. I think Monmouth can get by Quinnipiac. But, again, w- they would play Siena in the second round uh, in the semifinals. Just having seen those two teams match up a couple of nights ago, Siena absolutely hammered them on the boards. And that is going to be a big problem for Monmouth in that game. In the other end of the bracket, though, I can see Ryder taking down St. Peter's in the semifinals. Wow. Yes, I can see it. Um, I'm surprised. No. Well, you've seen all these teams. I've gotta... seen them. Listen, St. Peter's is good, but St. Peter's is so young. As we've discussed on this podcast before, you know, Ryder is rallying the troops for the one last run. Last This guess. is it. This is it. They do it now or they don't, and they have a lot of talent. I think they will be very tough to beat. Um, I don't think they can get by Siena in the final, though. I think Siena is playing really well. But I, I, w- I would – my prediction would be for Ryder to get by St. Peter's and get to that final, but for Siena to win it. And at least on my bracket, I have a good showing from the Jersey schools. Mammoth losing to Siena in the semifinals for me. And St. Peter's Ryder, I do have St. Peter's winning that one, but falling to Siena. Like you said, they're just too hot right now at this moment. Yeah, and really, we, we have three New Jersey teams with a legitimate chance in this tournament. You know, and as we've discussed, anyone could win this. The teams are so even. But Siena has won nine in a row. They're playing very well. Um, you know, now at least it's not in Albany again and on Siena's home court this year. But I, I don't think that's going to matter. Let's talk, let's talk about what happened at Mom at the other night. Yeah. yeah, a very unfortunate incident where in the student section, as uh, the Siena players were coming back onto the court for the second half, you know, there was a, uh, a homophobic uh, targeting of some of the Siena players, you know, with a sign. And I'm not sure exactly what was said, but certainly with a sign. 
you know, that kind of blew up on social media, and uh, the the Monmouth school president addressed it immediately, and they're they're trying to take care of the situation right now. We'll have more on that probably later today. But, you know, a very bad situation, really, and um, a really bad look for Monmouth. And, uh, you know, there, there have been some problems on the on the year at different Mac schools, but this this was probably one of the worst, I would say. Yeah, this. I mean, th- unfortunately, even in 2020, this stuff happens. It was without being too specific. There was some issues a couple of years ago at Seton Hall games with people yelling stuff, and you know the AD took care of it. He yanked the tickets. So, so I mean, that's that's what Mamas should do. Mamas got to yank tickets, yeah, yeah. yank seats. They got to ban people from the games, the culprits. And, and, and now then, they can't. They can't yeah. sit on this. No, yeah. and then that's how it's, a, it's less of a bad look. That's when it's more it's the, it's that kid's problem or that person's problem and not the school's problem. And this came two nights after Mammoth had its first ever Pride Night at the Mammoth basketball game, which was organized by the captain of the women's tennis team. Show some leadership, Mammoth. Yeah. Show some backbone. So, Do something and mm-hmm. and quickly and loudly. And of course, we've reported on this on app.com. And uh, if you want to continue reading, and of course, we'll update it as uh, any news might come out of that. But uh, just a really unfortunate incident as we head into the MAC tournament. Um, let's change gears now and talk about the Ivy League, a four team tournament taking place. Yale, the number one seed, taking on Penn. Harvard, the two seed, taking on Princeton. Uh, we said this, I think, last week, just a very tough draw for the Tigers. I like Princeton in the semifinal. I think I think they they're on alive, Harvard's floor, right? I think they're a live dog in this game. Look, Harvard's good. They're also down a couple of big time players who are hurt and out. So I think Princeton's got a real shot. They've had two very t- tight games with Harvard. I could see them winning. In fact, I'm going to go and pick them to win this game. Um, I'm going to pick them to shock shock the world on Harvard's court. Uh, I also like Mitch Henderson in an X's and O's coaching matchup against Tommy Amaker. Okay, so I, I like I have good vibes about about Princeton in the semifinal. They're close. They're close to breaking through. That said, beating Harvard and Yale, which I expect to win handily over Penn, that's a lot to ask. Yale's really good. And that's just a tough draw. And we said, you know, they kind of stumbled a little bit down the break and, and knocked their seeding down to this almost impossible position with Harvard on their home floor and then the number one seed, Yale, probably waiting for them in the championship game. So we'll keep an eye on that. I mean, I'm going to pick Yale. It's very, you have to have a leap you of faith to, to pick Yale. against Yale in this tournament. Right. And I, I think I saw a stat, too. Yale's been one of the best teams against the spread uh, for all the betters listening to this. So we'll keep an eye on the Ivy League tournament as well. Um, that's it for our conference tournament. But before we wrap it up, I know, Jerry, you wanted to get something off your chest. Obviously, we're going to have some packed arenas around the country coming up. Uh, lots of people gathering in all one location. So that's, of course, raising some fears now with this coronavirus going around. There's been a lot of talk, uh, a lot of clamoring for these arenas, to these, these leagues in the NCAA to hold, to hold these games in front of empty arenas. Here's what I would say about it. I would say when they close the schools, that's how I'll know it's time to empty the arenas because I'm sending kids to school and I'm a teacher and this school's in New Jersey with thousands of people in tight quarters, okay? The, the high schools, staff, student body, this, these are crowded places. So if it's safe enough to go to school, then it's safe enough to have fans in an arena. And to me... Why, why is everybody fixating on sporting events 
when student safety in the schools should be what people are most concerned about. So it tells me that there's a lot of posturing going on here. I don't want to downplay the seriousness of a potential pandemic. I'm not a scientist. But I find it very odd as a person who understands human nature and public relations how everyone is slamming the sporting events and far fewer people are clamoring for the closure of schools. My suspicion is my suspicion is that it's convenient for people to say shut down a sporting event. It's harder to say shut down a school when then you have to then provide for child care, you know, distant learning over the, you know, Princeton shut down There's the college where they're going to do distance learning. Well, that's easy for college students to do, to do online learning. Try getting like an eight-year-old to do that, okay, with their class. It's a lot harder to shut down schools. So should they shut down the schools? I'm all for whatever's safest. When the CDC or the top health people in New Jersey say shut down the public schools, I'm all for it. You're not going to hear an ounce of resistance from me. I want my kids to be safe. I want to be safe as a teacher. But until I hear that, I'm wondering, well, why are we sending kids to school, but it's not okay to go to a sporting event? It just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. So it's either both or it's safe enough to do all. And so which is it? Which is it going to be to me when they say schools are closed, it's time for the arenas to be closed. And in, the reason it comes up with sports is that it has affected sports thus far. Uh, you know, the Italian Soccer League suspended play. Uh, tennis tournaments been canceled. The Olympics, of course, are in jeopardy. So, it, it, like you said, it's kind of intertwined with sports. And I guess we'll be uh, following it and keeping an eye on it and uh, washing our hands and covering our mouth as we get ready for uh, basketball here in March. Uh, guys, anything else to add as we wrap up? This is the best time of year, man. If, yeah. you, if you ain't excited now, you need a wellness check. Jerry is bright red right now. <laughs> well, it's, I think he's only going to get redder as the NCAA tournament <laughs> kicks off next week. So we'll have a spe- uh, special selection Monday as we record show coming up for us next week, of course. Stay with app.com, northjersey.com, all the USA Today Network. As we follow all of these games. A busy week ahead. I hope you enjoy it as much as we will. Thanks for listening in to Jersey Jump Shot. And we'll catch you next time. Jersey Jump Shot is a production of the Asbury Park Press and USA Today Network. Subscribe at app.com.